Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're thinking of moving in or tying the knot, there are some things you've got to get clear on before that big day if you want a long, successful relationship. And in my almost four decades of working with couples, I am amazed at how many questions aren't asked or even worked out before they move in together or get married. If you don't deal with these problems before you make that next big step, you're going to be dealing with it later, so better to do it now. You've got to get clear on your expectations first before you move in or tie the knot. Today, I'm coming at you with my top 10 questions you should be asking before you make that big decision. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Great to see you. It's Abby. I'm here. (sighs) I've gotten this question so many times. You guys have been writing in. Oh, wow. So many. I keep thinking I was going to do a Ask Dr. Abby, but everyone just asked it in different ways. And I, I thought I'll just do it this way. So, and I'm doing these together. Uh, some people have asked me specifically, like, 
you know, what should I know before we get married or what should I know before we move in? To me, it's the same because a lot of people aren't choosing marriage anymore. This generation, you know, coming up has been choosing marriage. Marriage is on the decline. So I don't want to um, make that, to me, it's not the be all end all to be married. It's certainly not. That's not the big answer. But and anytime though that you move in together or you're taking that next big step, what happens, what I find happens is that people get you're really starting to combine your life with someone and it becomes harder and harder to step back after you've moved in or most people are already living together before they get married here in the United States. But in my experience anyway, I don't have stats on that. Uh, and I think in many places around the world, but either way, before you, you know, I'm saying yes or before to, yes to the dress, you know, before we're getting married, I'm saying yes to that or before we physically move in together, to me, it's, again, that same level of commitment in a very big way. And some people would argue with me on that, that getting married is more of a commitment. I, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm just saying what I, what I've seen and what I believe. So that's why I put these two together. So whichever one of these, these categories you might fall into is, is, you know, wh where you're at, it's, it's going to be the same. And you know, I started to really wonder, I was like, why don't we talk about this stuff beforehand? And that was asked in a few of the questions that got sent in to me, you know, because it seems like people should know to ask this stuff right, <laughs> before they get married. And I think there's a couple reasons why we don't. Uh, I think it's because mo first and more foremost, I think it's because you're afraid of the answer. I don't, I think you don't want to ask because you don't want to hear it. it. I think that's one thing that goes on. Um, you're already committed. You kind of already want to marry this person or already want to move in. And you really don't want any information that's going, because you already have the information. That's the thing. You already know how you fight. You already know what you think about certain things. And, you know, you just don't really want to go too deep on it because you're afraid you won't be able to kind of come to the same place about it. Another reason people don't ask before, it's because they really don't think about it. That does happen. They don't, for, we have so many assumptions when we go into relationships and we just assume other people think the exact same way. And we've known this person, we've loved this person, and maybe they've even said things that make us believe they think a certain way like we do. So we don't get uh, overt about it. You know, we don't really get clear about it. Um, so I, I mean, I think those are the biggies. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, I think the third reason we don't talk about it first is because a lot, and this is going to bring me to question one, is because so many people think that an issue that is showing up is going to get uh, resolved in some way once you're married or once you move in. <laughs> oh, I'm giggling. Some of you out there are giggling because you know how crazy that is. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Things don't magically resolve themselves. You know, uh, once we get married, you know, right now we're fighting a lot because of the distance. We we don't, you know, when we're together, it's really great. and We don't really fight a lot. It's when we're apart and, you know, he gets jealous. He gets worried that I'm talking to other people. That ain't going away because you're living in the same house. You're still going to leave the house, right? Jealousy, anything that's showing up is going to show up later. That That's you're kidding yourself. Well, you're not, you know, you probably don't think of it that way, but um, no, no. So things are not going to resolve. Matter of fact, generally they get worse. So once you move in or get married. So I think those are all the reasons though, that people sort of tell themselves and what happens. Um, 
So let's get to the questions. And as always, if this podcast helps you, please leave a review. Another way to help me, that's, you know, by leaving a review or rating on Spotify, uh, subscribing to me on YouTube or wherever, be a subscriber, wherever you download the podcast so you can, you know, know when the new episode comes out every week. Uh, And we are getting close to our 200th, 200th episode. Oh my gosh, we're a couple away. So, and I'm going to be going into my fifth season. So if there's a topic that you'd like to see covered in a future podcast that I haven't covered, or if I've covered it before, but you'd like more information, please, please write in abby at abbymedcalf.com. And uh, hey, while you're writing in, you know, maybe stop by and buy yourself a little notebook on the website under shop now and merchandise, you know, get yourself a little something. It's a way to support me. It's a way to get something really cool and wonderful and motivating for yourself. So there you go. All right. Let's do this thing, people. So the question number one, which does kind of, and these are not in any particular order. I want to say that I, I just really was sitting with it and writing these out. So, um, (laughs) don't think one's above another. They're just all things that I want you to be thinking about or asking about. Question number one is this, if this is, and, but I will say this is probably the top thing. I will say that. How do you like that? After I just said that, I'm contradicting myself. If this is the best it's ever going to be, this is the best the relationship is ever going to be. We're here. Is it enough? Because I got to tell you, I see a lot of people, they move in or they get married because of the potential of the relationship, what they think they're going to see. You can't be in a relationship for the potential. You have to be in a relationship from the reality, the reality of it. If this is the best your partner's ever going to be, are they still who you want to commit your life to? Is this, is this it? Not your life maybe, you know, but is this who you want to commit to the long, there's some long term if you're moving in. Yes, we all hope for growth. Yes, we're all going to listen to Abby's podcast and get better. I get it. But if nothing ever changed, and that's what you have to count on, is this still the decision you'd want to make? If nothing ever changed, if they never got better, like we hope they do, but if they never did, is this enough for me? Is this my person? And if you can't answer yes to that, I got to tell you right here, stop listening and you're done. I, I, this is the biggest mistake I see people make. I would say number, number one, they think they, this magical thinking you want it to change. So you think it's going to, and you cannot count on that. And it makes the other person miserable because you're not accepting them for who they are. This is who they are. So can you just accept what is? Yes, we're striving. We want to grow and we want to have more, but can you accept them for who they are? You, you're not, I don't want you to marry or move in with, you know, a uh, a, a person that you you want to fix. That that's not what we're doing. That's not why we're here. So really think of that question first. Okay. Question number two. <laughs> this is why they're not in order because, but this comes up so much. It's why it was probably top of mind. The second thing I wrote down. What's your stance on porn? Uh huh. I, I, you got to talk about this first. I can't tell you how many couples come into my office with this as the main issue. How many couples get divorced over this? It's huge. And I'm going to say this, you've got to be honest. So, and this, I have to admit, I've seen this more with men than women. Um, what, here's what happens. The, a woman will say, and you know, heterosexual relationship, she'll say, I, you know, no porn. I, I don't like porn. I don't want porn. You're not allowed to watch porn. And the guy says, 
okay, I don't, I don't need to watch porn, but he's lying. He, he, he's thinking, oh, it's not going to hurt anyone. If I watch it occasionally, she's overreacting. It doesn't affect our relationship. So therefore I'll just lie about it. And that's the big problem I see because you get caught. Number one, you always get caught. If you're with someone long enough, they're going to find out you're watching porn. You're going to leave a browser open or your history or something, trust me, something's going to happen. I can't tell you the most bizarre ways. Women who aren't even looking, they don't, they're not even thinking about it. And they end up finding out and they end up feeling very betrayed and very hurt. But more importantly, if you are already going into your relationship, think of this, avoiding, you don't want to say the truth because you don't want the conflict of it. You have decided in your brain what's good and what's not good in the relationship and it, and that this other person's overreacting. This is a horrible way to go into a relationship. Horrible. I'm telling you right now, horrible. Because it means you'll do this all over the place in ways you don't even realize. You'll lie about all kinds of things. If you, number one, can avoid a conflict, which is going to eat at the foundation of your relationship. Or number two, if you just think it's right and you don't care that they think it's wrong. Maybe you make, you've agreed on money in some way. We're, we'll talk about money as a question later, but many, maybe you've agreed on money in some way, but you make more and you decide to squirrel a little away because it's not hurting anybody and you deserve it because, you know, you guys agreed to split it, but, you know, I really deserve to make, that's my bonus. Like, uh, you know, come on, that's because I work so hard. I should get more of that. And, but you didn't want to have the conversation because it felt selfish or whatever. You didn't want the conflict. You were avoiding conflict or whatever it was. Again, all these little secrets, all these little ways that you're hiding and lying, they all end up showing up in the relationship. I'm telling you, for 38 years almost now of doing this, I am telling you, it's going to show up in ways. It's because of that, you know, 50 versus 11 million bits I always talk about. If you haven't heard me talk about that, listen to some other episodes. Um, you know, our, how our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second and our unconscious process information are at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So we, our partners and our people, they pick up on that lie, on that dis, on that doubt, on that little edge that you're skating on. And it starts to eat at the foundation of your relationship. You just, you can't do it. You got to be honest. Like, yep, going to watch porn. I know you don't like it. So let's figure that out together. And then you could, of course, do other things Abby says to do, <laughs> ask questions. Tell me more about why the porn bothers you. Tell me more about what you think is going to happen with that. And then listen, listen like you're wrong. Really un try to understand what the porn is about. And then if you're the one who doesn't want the porn for the other person, you can say, you know, tell me more about what you get from the porn. Tell me more about the kind of porn you watch. Maybe that's what you're jealous of. I don't know. Tell me more about whatever. You know, th these are the ways to have open conversations. It's not right to not want your par partner to watch porn. And it's not right to be okay with your partner watching porn. They are just preferences. I talk about this all the time. So no one's right or wrong in this situation. It's a case of two people wanting different things and how are you going to come together on that? That's what it's about. So be honest <laughs> now and work it out now. Really important. And that, you know, kind of relates to question three, which is really important about sex again. And and this is different. Porn's not necessarily about your sex life, but probably is. And even the way I'm, ask, I'm asking the question is important. It's what will happen when one of us doesn't want to have sex as much as the other person. Not if. I'm telling you right now, again, 30, almost 38 years of doing this. 
It's always a when. People's sex drives change over time. Sometimes it's because of kids. Sometimes it's depression, anxiety. They're so overwhelmed. There's so many aging, less testosterone. There's physical reasons or emotional reasons or psychological reasons. But I am telling you, I am telling you, I, I can't even think of one couple I've ever met, including myself, who haven't had a change in their sex drive over the years, or even if it was temporary. And so the question is, what will happen when one of us has a differing want around sex is really it, you know, when one of us doesn't have want as much sex as the other person or how, however you want to phrase that. When, 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 how are we going to deal with that together? Sex lives change. They do over the course of a relationship. Sex drives change, especially after the shine of this first three years is gone, things shift and change. And I do a whole, um, I've done podcasts on how to get the spark back and on, you know, the different ways that, uh, that our hormones and neurotransmitters play a part in the different sort of stages of our relationship. Um, my, my, uh, girl crush, uh, Helen Fisher, biological anthropologist, Helen Fisher talks a lot about this. And I quote her a lot and have her research in those, uh, different episodes. So as always, you can go to the website and you can put that in the search bar if you want how to get, I think it's you just put in spark in the search bar <laughs> and, and that episode will come up or you can put in sex and those episodes will come up. Um, there's a, quite a few of them I've done over time. So, but you've got to have a conversation about how you'll talk about sex, what the expectations are, how you'll reconcile issues around sex. And you want to do this before your sex life starts to change. Before, it means now. And sometimes it's already changed before you're getting married or before you're moving in. And for some reason, you're just not talking about it. And again, thinking you'll get better. Or once we move in, we'll be together more and we'll have more sex or what. Nope, 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 nope. That it, it, or even if it is going to happen that you're going to have more sex once you get married or move in, it's still going to change over time. So you still have to have the conversation. Okay. So when our sex life shifts, when those things change, how are we going to talk about it? What do we want to agree are the rules? All right. Question number four. Why do you want to move in or get married? You, you should be asking your partner that because it, it's a biggie and it's for you and the other person. Why do you want to take this next step? You don't got to get, you don't got to, you don't have to get married these days for sure. Some countries, yes, but in a lot of places or some, you know, cultures or in some families, yes, you know, that, that is, you know, something very expected, but well, and that's one of the ways to answer it, but you know, why do you really want it? What, what is pushing this? What's the motivation? Why does your partner want it? And I will tell you this, if it is out of any fear-based reason, then it's not a good idea. Or you got to get to the love-based reason. You have to figure that out. You want, you really, you know, other than obviously arranged marriages, you want to get married for love. And this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I do a whole thing on how you know you're in love. That's another podcast episode. But why it... If, so it, for an example of fear-based reasons, if it's out of convenience, I saw this a lot in the pandemic. I saw this a lot. Sometimes someone's moving and, you know, they're in a point in the relationship where it's like, well, I'm moving for my job. Do you want to come with me? And I guess you'll just move in with me since we're moving. You know, whenever it's out of convenience or out of something outside of you like that, uh, it it's always, it's really problematic. And again, if it's, if that's also there, I guess that's fine, but it can't be the main reason. It's uh, if it's out of expectation, like I just talked about, you know, that's not a good reason, you know, because your family expects it or just because you're at a certain age or because you're dying to have kids and you're getting older or because, you know, it, you got to be clear on what's motivating, motivating you to take this next step. And if it's for any reason, again, that's a fear-based reason. And just listen to your language to know that and not a love-based reason. I can't live without this person. I feel I'm so much better when I'm around this person. Uh, This person lights me up every time I think of them. I feel so safe, secure, cherished, adored when I'm with this person, and it fills my heart, and I feel the same way about them, and I can't imagine uh, life without them. Then if it's not like that, then I want you to think again about this. I really do. It doesn't mean you have to call off the wedding or anything or call off the move-in. It means I want you to dig a little deeper on what your motivation is. And the other motivations might be there and might be, you just might be overshadowing them with with these other things. And so how nice to get clear, how nice to get to the love reasons and make sure that those are the driver. So you want to move in or get married out of love, not fear. That's just the bottom line. That's just the bottom line. Okay. Question number five. Look, we're like halfway through. I am buzzing through this today. (laughs) Let's see if I can keep buzzing. How do you deal with change is another question. And again, I'm hoping you already know the answer to this, but I I want you to get really clear on it before you, I want you to think of it in this way. So there's things that you already know how your partner deals with change. You've already seen it if you've been together long enough to want to move in or get married. However, you probably haven't thought about it in these terms that that what you're seeing when your partner freaks out or is calm as a cucumber or whatever is how they're dealing with change because relationships never ever ever did I say never never ever go as planned they just don't they don't i had a couple not that long ago who had decided together they were so rational wonderful couple i love them dearly very rational folks super rational like su- like both professionals and one she was in tech and he was i think a lawyer you know like both of them just like super smart professional people and they had decided together they you know to have a baby and they did 
And they had decided that she was going to stay home for three months and then go back to work. And she had worked all that out with her job. And, you know, she was very devoted to her career. She, I mean, really had done schooling and it really was like a, a, a badass in her career, right? So really wanted to go back to work. And he was all for it. And they, you know, you know it was money they were counting on, all the things. Anyway, what she wasn't counting on was falling in love with this little baby and all the hormones that happened with that. So when the three months came, what happened initially is she just said, oh, I just, you know, I can't, the baby's so tiny. I just can't imagine. And they didn't have childcare set up quite yet anyway. They didn't have a nanny on board yet, which they were doing, or they doing daycare. I can't remember now, but um, they didn't have everything set up yet anyway. And she said, you know what? I'm going to just extend my maternity leave for three more months. And they worked that out and they talked about it and they did a good job with it. Well, when about month five, you know, she came into a session, the three of us were in session and she she said it in session. She said, I can't go back to work. I, I just, at least not now. I don't know when, but I cannot leave this child. I just can't. Whenever I think about it, I cry and blah, blah, blah. And he got really upset. He's like, what are you talking about? This was our deal. We've decided this. And, you know, together, you can't go back on it now. Like the, we talked, you know, the money and the salaries and, and what we're buying in a house and our saving, you know, all the things, all the implications of that. And he started, you know, even getting into, you're going to lose your career, you know, you're going to be gone too long. You're not going to, you know, be as up to date on stuff and they're not going to want you back. And oh my God. And they really had a very hard time working through this. I mean, a very hard time. He just got very black and white about it. Like we decided this thing and you're now going back on our agreement and that's not okay. And I'm not here for that. You don't get to decide that. You don't get to decide what's going to happen. And, you know, you got to figure out. So that's a big change. That's a big shift. Um, maybe you, someone gets pregnant, you know, you get pregnant accidentally and you've never talked about, would you get an abortion before or, you know, something like that. I mean, there are so many things to work out around what happens when a monkey wrench gets thrown in. I had another, uh, couple as we're actually, I was just working with her, um, and his his mom, his dad had died. His mom got really sick and was living alone. And he wanted to move her to the United States and in with them. And she was like, ah, like she and the mom did not get along. She really didn't like the mom, all those things. And he was very adamant, like, well, of course, my of course, my mom has to move in. Like, what else are we going to do? We can't just put her in a home somewhere. And she's all alone over in India. What's going to happen? I mean, it was a very big argument that ended up happening and these differences in opinion, et cetera. So again, how are you going to come together when there are unforeseen, unplanned events? Because they will happen. They will. How do you each handle change and the unexpected? What do you do together or apart that, uh, how does that happen? And the, so this, this question is something you really want to work out with your partner before you move in, before you get married. And you can just ask that, you know, when was the last time you had something really unexpected happen and how did you handle it? Or likely, because you've been with this person, you have an example yourself of that and for yourself. So how do we handle these things? How do we handle them differently? How do we handle them the same? Because it will come up. <laughs> you can count on it. All right. Question number six is money. How do we want to handle our money together? I did, again, a couple episodes about money and our money beliefs and all those things. I'll link to those in the show notes. But uh, 
you know, do you want separate bank accounts or combined? How do, what about saving and spending? What are our values when it comes to saving and spending? A lot of times, once again, people think it's uh, good to save, it's right to save and wrong to spend. And by the way, everyone's a spender. I hate when people say, she's a spender and I'm a saver. It's like, you're a spender too, just on things you agree. Everybody spends some money. (laughs) Everybody buys things. You're just deciding what it's okay to spend on. So this idea, you know, all all that judgment and, you know, sometimes ridicule around saving and spending, it's not cool. It's preferences. What do I always talk about? Preferences. No one's right. No one's wrong. This is just how we prefer to deal with money. So you got to get clear on that before. How do you guys come together on that? Is it a debt is another thing I see a lot of couples separating debt. Well, you had the student loan debt before you came in the relationship. And, uh, you know, that's yours. You got to deal with that. And I will say, especially if you're getting married, are you kidding me? Like, we're going to spend our life together. We're going to, you know, uh, have kids maybe buy a house, do all this stuff. And then this other person is dealing with this big debt. Like it's not share. I don't even know how to talk about that. I, I really don't agree with that at all. Because if you're already feeling like, well, that's their problem, not mine, then you're already not thinking like a team. And, and that's problematic. That's, that's kind of a big deal. So how do you come together to figure out a we solution, a we thing to this issue? Um, you know, let's get real. Okay. Uh, you know, what if one person makes more money than the other person? What if one person doesn't make any money and doesn't, you know, earn money outside the home? How much is okay to spend on a car, on a watch, on a home, or whatever? There's a lot of questions when it comes to money and how you think about money, how you want to share money or not. You've got to get those clear before you move in. And you have to make sure that there's not any little resentment sitting around. You don't just agree to things, you know, maybe it's the debt thing and your partner's like, well, it's your debt, you got to deal with it. And you're like, okay, that sounds all right. You know, and, but inside you're thinking, wow, you know, my partner is off buying a luxury vehicle, which would have paid off my student loan debt. Like, so I'm sitting here with this and they're doing that. You know, you end up with weird things in the relationship. I'm just telling you only because I've been doing this so long. So don't agree when you don't agree. Don't, don't agree if you don't agree. (laughs) Work it out, figure it out. What's it going to be? Really talk about it. So, and again, you can't just kind of shove it down the throat of the other person because then they'll be resentful. So again, you have to ask questions. I've got a lot on that, don't I? I have so many episodes on how to listen without getting defensive and heard and, you know, how to have a difficult conversation and all the things. So go listen to how to do that. But you do have to ask the question. All right. Question number seven, what's your rule around arguments? Before you move in and get married, you should frankly, already be clear on this, I would hope. You already kind of see how you do arguments, but in case you're not, or in case you haven't gotten really, again, overt and clear with what the rules are, you've got to agree to some common or shared way you handle conflict together. Uh, You know, it might just be ground rules like no name calling or violence, which might seem obvious, but aren't always, I have to say. Uh, that for me would be a deal breaker if Gary ever called me a name or called me a bitch or something or or said fuck you to me or anything like that. Deal breaker. I I'm not here for that. And for me, that's a deal breaker. 
I don't care how angry you are. I don't care whatever. If he just yelled fuck about something else that happened to not at me, I, I'm, I'm fine. But if there's anything that feels aggressive towards me in that way, and that's something I was very clear about up front, and he doesn't do that anyway, so that was pretty easy, but... I was, I said it out loud early on, like, hey, and I, cause I, I knew to ask that question. I was like, what do you do when you're angry? Like, you know, how did, how do you work that out with your partner? And we had this question. We, we, we talked about this issue. Uh, definitely, what do you do when one of you avoids and one likes to engage? You know, yeah, that one person who's running out of the room and then the other person's chasing them. Uh, whose preference wins out. Again, it's a preference. It's not wrong to leave the room and it's not right to run after them, you know, it's or, or wrong the other way, you know. It's about preferences. Whose wins out? Like, how do you negotiate these differences of interacting? How are you going to decide? You, you've got to really get clear on that. Some people have that rule, you know, we'll never go to bed angry. I hate that role. I think sometimes you got to go to bed angry. I think it's worse to have a, a, a deep talk at three in the morning. Go to sleep. Just go to sleep for a little while. Sleep as much as you can. Wake up as refreshed as you can and come back to it with, I think, some time away from those kinds of things is often very helpful. But if that's your thing and you're sticking to it, God bless you. Just do, do your thing. But have rules, have clarity around, and you know each other by now, you know each other enough, you've already had some arguments, some disagreements, and you've already seen where it doesn't meet up. So let's talk about what we're going to agree to now that we're making this next step decision, now that we're engaged or getting married or moving in, how do we really, because we can't just keep doing this, this doesn't work, right? This doesn't work long term. So how would we like to talk about how we're going to do this? How do we agree on what works for the two of us. And you, you got to get there. All right. Question number eight, of course, is about kids. It's the kid question. It's, and I want to be clear, this is not just about agreeing if you want to have kids or not. Okay. So obviously that's the first one. And I remember again, when I was early in my dating and things, when I was looking to get married and have babies, that was one of the first things I said. Now for me, and I also said, uh, cause I was, you know, get, I was in my thirties, you know, and I, I was, I remember saying, I want to have kids. So I wanted someone who wanted to have them, but I also already knew I wasn't going to be willing to do like in vitro or, you know, all the things I, I, you know, I would do some, maybe some acupuncture or something, <laughs> some natural things, but I knew I wasn't going to go crazy trying to have kids. I really felt like, you know, I'm leaving this to the universe. If I'm supposed to have kids, I will. If I'm not, I won't. I really kind of left that out, left that there. But I needed someone who agreed with that. If somebody wanted to have kids so bad that they didn't care, um, I was open to adoption, you know, maybe, you know, but again, these are conversations we had. So it's not just agreeing, do you want kids or not? That's, you know, okay. It's also, seriously, how many? We also had cutoffs because we were older and my husband at the time, was very so I would he was five years older than me and I was thirty eight, almost thirty-nine really when I had Max and forty-one when I had McCartney. So and he was five years older and he was very clear. He's like, I'm not gonna be a dad at fifty like a, with a one year old at fifty. Like I'm not doing that. So we have to have him now. <laughs> and I got McCartney in just under the wire. Remember that right before his forty fifth birthday. So he was like forty six by the time we had her, but <laughs> But I, I I got pregnant before, um, and so because I wanted to, I wanted at least two. But I actually wanted more. But again, that was one of the things I would have had ten kids probably if I had um, had them earlier. If I had been you know younger making those choices, but 
uh, we were older, we were looking at our money, we were looking at our health, all the things, and just our age. And again, not wanting to be like, for us, and it's fine if you like it, God bless. But for us, he did not want to be a 50-year-old with an infant. He just was like, I'm not gonna be able to do it. So, uh, and I respect that. So that's, what these are questions, right? When do you want to have the kids? So we're getting married, we decide we want to have kids. How soon? How soon after we get married do we want these children? Are we going to use daycare? A nanny? Is a parent staying at home? Another important thing is birth control methods before and after kids. So after we had, you know, I I was on the pill for many, many years. And after children, um, now, again, I was getting older, so probably less like, although I got pregnant so easily. <laughs> I come from good... Uh, peasant stock, right? So I had easy pregnancies, easy births, I got pregnant really quick, you know, the whole thing. Um, but, you know, not everybody's like that. So a lot of times, you know, can can he have, a, if I'm taking care of the birth control these years, and I'd said that, I'm like, you need to get a vasectomy. Like, I, I'm sort of done putting anything in my body to deal with this. So either we have to use condoms for now on, or you need to get a vasectomy. Like, but we talked about that again, before, before, because I knew to ask all this, uh, would you be willing to do that afterwards? Like, what are our birth control methods going to be after we have kids? Because at some point, right? Yeah, it gets kind of old for women to keep doing things to their body to not have children if a man can do it. You know, why not? Uh, talk about religion. I married someone with a different religion than mine. We talked a lot about that. Would, would the kids be raised Jewish? Would they not? Would we celebrate, you know, Hanukkah or Christmas? Like, how would we do that? Would they go to Sunday school? Like all the things we talked about all that. It was, and those were some hairy conversations in there about things. And even though you talk about it all beforehand, obviously as things happen, sometimes that changes, you know, sometimes you think something's not as important, but then it becomes important later. Um, my sister ma had married someone who wasn't Jewish and they had agreed, yeah, no, my sister wasn't religious at the time. And she's, she said, oh yeah, I don't, you know, it's fine. We don't have to raise them Jewish. But then once she had babies, she suddenly got very Jewish. She got really Jewish <laughs> and she totally changed the game on him. She's like, nope, I want them Jewish. I want them to be bar and bat mitzvah and all the things Jewish. Right. And he, God bless him, went along with it. He was like, it's fine with me. I don't, I'm not connected to religion. He was very easygoing about it. But Again, that could have been much rougher, right? That could have been a much rougher thing. And so, and again, when you get into one of the earlier questions I have about how do you deal with change, right? So that, you know, this is why they all go together. Because you can even ask all these questions, but things can change later, even if you agree to something. Uh, what kind of parent you want to be? How do you want to discipline the kids? Uh, what if we can't have kids? What if we're saying we do want kids, but now I can't have them? Um how will kids fit into our life? Are you, sometimes people are just, once they have kids, they're all about the kids and they kind of forget about their partner, you know, and the other, and the partner's like, hey, what about me? What happened? <laughs> what, what happened there? It's good to talk about these things beforehand. Again, sometimes people just have an assumption, well, of course, once we have kids, of course, I'm going to be all about them and you're going to have to take a back seat and wait and whatever. It's good to be explicit about these things. It's good to be clear for yourself about what that means. Uh, division of labor, how's that going to be affected once we have a kid? Let's say I used to work and we used to divide the labor one way. Now I'm home with a kid. How do we divide the labor now? You know, all those things are questions to ask before. Okay. Question number nine. And this is, again, a really important one. What's private in your own life? I've seen lots of fights about this. Again, the porn can kind of 
the porn question can kind of bleed into this one, but couples have lots of different expectations as to what privacy means for them. What's private and what's not, right? Do I have to tell you when I masturbate or watch porn, I guess? Do I have to tell you all my fantasies? Can I keep some to myself? (laughs) Uh, What about what I discuss with my best friend or my therapist? Do I have to tell you? Do I have to account for all of my time? Do I have time that I don't need to account for? Can I just go out and not tell you about what I did? Uh, Do I have uh, different rules for my partner than for me about that? Am I allowed to have secrets from my past that I don't share? You know, these are all, what does privacy mean? What does my own life mean? Uh, Having, even having meals on your own. So for me, I, it's interesting. I was just talking to a client the other day and she she's divorced and she's looking to kind of, you know, be back out in the world. And she said, oh, you know, it's just so hard because everybody comes as a package deal. You know, people my age, they're, a lot of them are married. And I was like, yeah. And she said, well, so I have this friend I'd love, you know, I've met who I'd like to get to know better and, you know, just have some girl time, you know, some chick bonding. And she said, but, you know, I can't invite her out without her husband. I don't really like the husband. And I said, why can't you invite her out without the husband? What am I missing here? You know, but to her, that was a given that it was always a package deal. I said, no, 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 you can have lots of time. And so I, I do things with my women friends often that Gary's not invited to. And, uh, Gary does things with his guy friends that I don't, he, I have to admit, always invites me, but I often will say no, you know, but you know, if the guys all want to go to Vegas, I'm like, have a good time, get a stripper, have a good, (laughs) go to a strip club, have fun, get a lap dance. I'm all for it. I'm like, go have fun. Right. Uh, but I know some of the other, his friend's wives aren't okay with that. They want to go too, or they want to be there for part of it at least or whatever. And so, you know, people are just different. There's no wrong or right way, by the way. That doesn't mean I'm right or I'm wrong. It just is. It's my preference. It's something that I prefer. Other people don't. That's okay. But you got to get clear on it. You can't say, I'm okay with you coming to do all these things with me and then not being okay with it. You, you have to get honest. Again, you might have a conflict. You might have to have some talks. You might have to have some boundaries you put up. But you need to do it now, not 20 years into the relationship. I mean, you can do it 20 years in too, but it's really great if you could do it and set the expectation before you get married or move in, before. So what is private? What are you allowed to have that you don't have to talk about? And what is common ground that the two of you agree is something that kind of you do together sort of thing? What's your alone time look like? All that. So important. So, so, so important. And again, what I see usually is that people end up lying. They say they're going on a work trip and really they're not doing anything. I can't tell you how many people do this. They don't, they just go and go have fun alone. They're not even and they lie to their partner because the only way they're allowed to go alone anywhere is on a work trip. You know, it's like, what are we doing? Come on. Let's just be okay. Let's, you know, because usually jealousy is at the corner of that. And that's a problem in any relationship and something that should absolutely 100% be talked about. Number 10, we're there. When do you feel the most loved by me? Or when do you feel safe with me? That question, however you want to word that, whatever that means to you, to me is huge and should always be asked. It's really important to know what you do or say that makes your partner feel most, you know, loved, cherished, respected. 
you got to know when is your partner most comfortable sharing their feelings with you? What, what creates a space where they don't feel safe with you? You know, that, and I always go for the positive, not the negative, right? You know, when do you feel not feel safe with me? I don't love that question, but when do you feel, I mean, it's, although it could be really good to ask because you like could be doing things, you know, but I would for sure also at least ask the positive too. What, you know, what, what do, what kinds of things do I say when you just feel like that's my person? Um, that person has my back. When do you most feel supported by me? You know, however, whatever language is true to you is what I want you to use there. But it's so, so important that you find that out before you move in or get married. What what is the special sauce? That's the special sauce that makes your relationship hum. And, and you got to know what it is. So you can do more of it. <sighs> 10 questions. I did it. Those are your 10. And I'm going to wrap up with just with this. No matter what else, how you approach things needs to be as a team. It can't be a you problem or a me problem. It has to be a we we, 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 whatever this is, we have differences around sex. We have differences around money. We have differences around whatever you're going to have differences. That's what relationships are about. The thing always is how do we then come together on those differences because we love each other so much because I want you to feel heard and listened to because I want us both to walk away feeling better than when we walked into this conversation, because I want us both to come to some uh, mutual place, just place we haven't even thought of yet that's even beyond where we've been thinking, where we can love each other, feel like a team, um, and really come together. And if you haven't listened to my TED Talk yet, The Real Reason Relationships Fail, I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, or you can find it on YouTube, you know, Abby Metcalf TED Talk. Uh, I really hope you listen because I talk a lot about that sort of team approach there and how important it is. So that's it. That is it for this week. If you are listening, I'm so happy you're here with me. I'm really happy that you're even asking these questions or finding these questions, you know, important because it means that you're moving forward in your relationship in some way, or maybe you're just trying to ask these questions. You've been married a long time and you're thinking, you know, I want to kind of re-up the relationship a little bit. Maybe you're going to renew your vows. And before you do, you want to get clear on some of this. I don't know, but they're always, you know, these are these are questions for your growth and your happiness. And, and that's what makes me happiest is knowing that you're listening, that you're trying to apply the things we talk about. And because I want you to be happy and joyful. And I know that that's on the other side of this. So, you know, I love you. Oh, oh, I love you. God, my heart is full. My heart is full right now with my love for you and our relationship and what we do together. See, I'm almost always going to cry when I'm doing this. Okay. And <laughs> I get into it. I, care, I feel you. Um, I, I just, yeah, I want you to be happy. I know you can be. I adore you. Have an amazing week. And I will talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety 
to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.